you know the vibes. Welcome back to another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast. If you tuned in yesterday, you would have heard part one of our conversation with Brian Scalabrini, the Boston Celtics legend, aka the White Mamba. But if you didn't, I suggest you go back to yesterday's show and listen to that one because this is part two of our conversation, an extended edition. Listen, I don't want to gas it up too much to you guys. All I know is this is a great episode. If you do enjoy these episodes, please share this show with your friends, any basketball lovers in your life. Let them know this is the show they need to be rocking with. We appreciate all of you guys for tuning in. And the more you support the show, the more amazing guests we can get in, like Mr. Brian Scalabrini. So, you know, show some love on social media, spread the show around. And first of all, I've got to give you a warning. If there's any offensive language, Scal is just a guy who keeps it very real. So we apologize for that in advance. But, you know, this episode comes straight unfiltered uncensored straight basketball talk myself momutsi alongside a three-time nba champion bj armstrong and a one-time nba champion but cult hero icon legend brian scalabrini enjoy part two of this conversation catch up with you guys later on here's what we both agree to win in the playoffs you've got to have a motherfucker on your team right like mm-hmm. god like, like mm-hmm. a stone cold assassin killer right <laughs> You do, you do. So, so when I look at and or and I always talk about this too. There's 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 low level, mid level, high level, and then supernova level, right? You ain't gonna point at any championship team that isn't supernova. Like yeah. supernova is so locked in defensively, so unbelievably locked in offensively, where you play perfect defense all game, and they. St- still hit you up shooting 48%, give you 113, 115 points, right? So I like the Phoenix Suns, and they are good at everything. They got inside, they got outside, they can defend, they can switch. They like DeAndre Aiden is tough, like they're good. Chris Paul, Booker, but to me, they're not supernova. They're just not. When I watch them, like there's no supernova level where I'm like, they're they're just as good as it gets in the regular season. So the Warriors, you throw Draymond Green out there and you have, and you have uh, Iguodala, you have the high IQ with the shooting. I think they have a supernova level that they can go to, but health comes into play. You see Steph Curry just got hurt. So if I had, if everyone was healthy, I would pick the Warriors. Um, the Warriors are going to have to battle with Memphis if it's 2-3 and they got to go on the road. Memphis is good, obviously, Ja. But I'm not like – I'm curious about Denver with Jamal Murray, and I'm curious about Dallas because they look like a really good team. And Luka is – man, yeah, you, yeah, I should yeah. ask you, B. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. How is he that good? It's yeah, How is he yeah. just – how is he the biggest, yeah. strongest guy in the NBA right now? That yeah, just, this I, I – Okay, sorry, Mo. Mo, can we just go? This hey, Scal we and I, do, we, this is what we do. do yeah, whatever. We'll take you six want, we won't go okay. six hours. Go yeah, six yeah, yeah, yeah. We won't. Okay. It's so good, All man. right, Scal. Okay, here's what's going on with this guy. I'm convinced now of watching him. I watched him in the Olympics because I wanted to see Scal how he was going to do in the Olympics. You know, because that's the international game. He was incredible. I thought he was going to be the MVP this year because he was so good. And I was like, because he always has problem getting into shape. He's still at that phase of his career. Well, I'll just play myself into shape. Scal, I haven't seen a player yet 
that plays the game with this level of physicality, and he's also finesse all in the same. Yeah. He still he he plays through contact like you ain't even mm-hmm. let, let me explain to you. Contact is the motherfucker for most people. You right. get it, and it's hard. Like, like it's just for anybody listening to this podcast. Think about doing something, and then think about like someone pushing on you, or like even even if they're like, even if they're tapping you, right? It's hard to like right. focus, dude. Like, not only is he initiating contact, dismissing dudes out of the way, right. he has poised as it gets. It's mm-hmm. amazing. And it's not like it's not MJ or anybody that used to just blow by people with no, the physical. He is dismissing you. It's unlike any player I have ever seen. Quite yeah. Leonard's a little bit like that, but he doesn't he had, had handle like, like it. This guy is he his yeah. handle. No, well, his he's handle been doing is... this. He he's been doing this since he was he went to Real Madrid at 13, played for the first team at age 16. So he's 16 years old yeah. and he's having to deal with the Euroleague physicality. And being a point guard for Real Madrid every time he checks into the game. Yeah. So, but but that they they ain't going against Marcus Smart, and Marcus Smart is a beast, man. People like get rid of the ball around him. Right. He just dislodges him like get out of my way. I'm going to the cup. <laughs> how, how are you doing that, man? I watch him every day. I watch Smart every day, and like people are like legitimately shook going against him, and he's like ha 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 in the handle makes a mistake, gone. Got you on my hip. It's over for you. And I'm going to do it slow. So along the way, if you help, I'm going to see that. I'm going to throw it up. I'm going to kick it out. Like, man, that guy's a monster. He's a monster yeah. right now. So I'm a, I'm, I think Dallas, that's, when you talk about supernova, like Luca is supernova. Like he goes to a level that no one else can touch. So they're a really interesting team in the playoffs. But go ahead, Beach. Yeah, he, he, he does this and he plays so physical that he dictates – what he wants to do. And now with Jason Kidd being the way he thinks, because Jason Kidd was one of the few players who could dominate a game, win a game, and didn't have to score. And as I'm watching Luca now, and the thing about Luca that's interesting to me is he's not as reckless as taking tough shots anymore. Yeah, He's starting to take the shots he wants which allows them to eliminate easy transition buckets. That's why they're better defensively. Because as you know, when you have a good offense, sound principles, that allows your defense to set up. Luca doesn't take a lot of what I call just, you know, superstar shots, just because yeah. he can. Now he's taking his shots. The, 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 the rotations are back. And they have two or three now initiators of the offense which allows Luca to go, he can start below the free throw line. Sometimes he puts in the front. Oh, we, this is the match that we want. He played the Lakers one night, Scal, and I wish you and I were watching the game together. They picked who they wanted to put in every screen roll. They didn't run screen roll because one four. They were just like, we want him. And they would just keep running around until they got that matchup. They would get their offense set, and then they would attack. And Jason Kidd has them believing now that they are as good because they know they can get a shot against anybody, a good shot. And yeah. as you know, Scal, when you talk about being a champion, when you know you can get the shot you want, you got a chance. Yeah. And I think they're starting to believe now, Scal. Hey, you know, like watch a Brooklyn Nets game. And like I just told you guys earlier, Durant to me is the best player in the world, right? 
Can we debate about that? Can we debate about that scale? But give me give me a second here, and then then we can debate (laughs) debate about it, right? So Durant to me is the best player in the world. But so Durant gets double teamed, and he get rid of that ball quick, right? Right. So so quick that the guy is not his feet aren't set. You know, he's like you'd have to catch. You know, you have to kind of catch it with your back or side to the basket, and now you have to square up. Now you got to read all that stuff, right? When Luca. Luca gets that double team, and he just puts that ball out on a string. He waits for the guys to move. They get to their spot. Their feet are set. He leads them to a pass. But he's walking. If that guy needs to drive, he'll lead him. He'll put the ball where the guy – he's like making the decision for the guy he's passing to. And Jason Kidd used to do that for me. Um, he was like, everyone wonders how I got 11 years, right? And – and it was amazing when I went to Boston and I was good with the starting group. I was never, ever good with that backup team, but I played a lot with Jason Kidd. Like yep. the Nets yep. liked me on the floor with him. I was a, uh, a good outletter, right. Or take that sh- out of the net quickly. So, you know, like a few things are like, man, you know what with Scal and Kidd, it's a good combination, but, but Jason things like made all my decisions for me. Think about how good you have to be to do that. Yeah. He's driving and he, he, I know when he's if, – if he puts that ball, like, in front of me, he wants me to drive it. If he puts that ball to, uh, right to me, like, in the zip pass, he wants me to shoot it. So it just became really natural that he was making those decisions for me, right? And I think Luca has a little bit of that in him. Yeah, he does. He's making the decisions for Brunson, for Spencer Dinwiddie, yep. for Kleber, and, and those guys are now, like, really attacking off of it. So the Celtics, who don't double-team anybody – we're double teaming Luca late in the game. And it was a glaring difference between when Dallas double teamed Tatum and the Celtics were struggling, and we were double teaming Luca and the the, uh, the Mavericks were thriving. Do you right about the uh, KD thing. So, so, so before you do the KD, do you think Luca just sees the game much slower than everyone else? Because I was listening, he was talking to JJ Reddick and he was saying, Well, when I'm coming off a screen roll or whenever I'm looking to attack the paint, I'm calculating how many seconds the big man has been in the paint to see if he needs to leave after three seconds. See if he... I've never heard a player talk about looking at the help defenders, looking at the, the big man in the paint like that. I don't know if he yeah. just sees, if he's just playing at his own pace, but he's processing everything way quicker, which makes the game slow down, if that makes sense. I, I think the biggest thing, he's not worried about his defender or the, so there's depths of defense, right? So yeah. Just to understand the layers, right? Let's start with your man is one. Like he ain't looking at him. I can guarantee you. Help guy, so guys on the perimeter are two. Big man is three. Low man is four, right? So in his mind, he sees the help, but he can know, like, he, he reads that. His guy is not a problem at all. So now it's about reading the big and reading low man. And Steve Nash was amazing. Like, Steve Nash was the best I've ever played against at reading low man. He was better than Kid in, in the half court at reading low you man. You think so? You think so? In the half court. At mm-hmm. reading low man, man, I'll tell you what, I'm gonna shit my pants when Steve Nash came off a of pick and roll. So, first of all, they used to have in the NBA, big man used to duck in. You remember they used to be on the block right, and the right. pick and roll would happen and the big man would duck in. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, you, you got you got the role responsibility coming from this the right, and then you had the ducking guy. So I'm on the block, and my biggest responsibility would be just to meet the guy outside the block. That's not actually that hard. As soon as I read the gather, here comes the gather, I'm on the move, right? So I'm playing Phoenix, right? I'll tell you, this is like in 03. Steve Nash comes off a pick and roll. 
And that motherfucker stared me right in the face, like, mm, like this, right? He's not looking <laughs> right. He's not looking left. He's not doing anything, right? And then the guy was not ducking in. It was, uh, man, who was that? Maybe it was Sean Marion? I think Sean right. Marion, my guy, was at the three-point line. So first of all, I'm thinking, well, the guy's not ducking in, so I can't guard him at the three, and I can't guard him on the dunk. And then second of all, Steve Nash comes off the screen and he's looking me right in the eyes and he's waiting for me to move. So I'm thinking, I got the road, man. So I went, I swear to God, my brain said to move and he threw the ball the other way. It was, I don't even think I moved yet. I think I was like, I'm going to go this way. As soon as I went like, boom, Marion hits the three. All right, so, so the next possession, he comes down. Same shit. Uh, send the screen, Stoudemire, rolling, right? I got roll responsibility. Last time I got burned with the three, here he comes again, staring me right in the eye. And I'm like, I got to build out to three. So I, I put the weight on my right foot to build out. He threw a pocket pass to Stoudemire. All of a sudden, I went like that. I had to get back. Fucking Stoudemire dunks it on me. We, we, we play the game. I get in the car. I, I'm like, so I drive home with my wife. I get in 2003, I'm like, I'm driving home. I said, holy shit, that's the future of the game right there. That was the hardest thing I ever had to guard with the, with the, with the corner shooter, with the corner ducking man at the three. So guess what I start doing? Immediately, I, instead of ducking in, which I'm never going to score on a duck in, I started peeling out, and kid loved it. Kid would turn the corner, my man would have to peel out, or I'd get a wide open shot. And the kid used to love running that pick and roll from that. But but uh, once I saw that, I thought, I don't, I don't know when it was going to happen, but like Dan Tony doesn't get a lot of credit for this pace and space because right. the Warriors do. But, man, that right there was the hardest thing I ever had to guard, and I knew the NBA would change. And that's the reason why I got 11 years out of the league because I said right away, I'm like, I'm not going in there and fighting anymore. Why would I? I can knock that corner three all day. It's an easy pass. It's coming right to me just to shoot it. And it gives a bunch of space for Kid or the uh, Kenya Martin or whoever's rolling on the opposite side. So I just started peeling out because of that game. And Steve Nash was was the one that made me think, like, what am I doing doing that? Like, I'm going against my coaches, and I'm doing what Steve Nash basically taught me as a, guy, a visiting guy coming in. So what did you think he was looking at? Like, was he just – did he see the game, the spacing of the game, or did he just find, like, sometimes, you know, all great players always look for space. What space do you think he saw that the rest of us or at yeah. the time in the league didn't see? I, I don't I don't watch a ton of football, but you ever you ever seen that overhead cam where the quarterback drops back and throws it and the dude's right. nowhere near open? And it's, if you watch it again, like Tony Romo used his fucking marker and he circled. The safeties took a step forward. Once he saw that step, bam, he aired out that pass. So he's reading like he's basically reading like the shifts of my body. So he's not he's not he's not reading space because I mean, in a way he is, but he's waiting for me to make a decision. So he's reading me, and as soon as I made a shift, like I was gonna where because you know, like you don't no one moves perfectly, everyone you know, like drops their shoulders or, you know, whatever. And as soon as I made a move, he would go the opposite way. So I think he's just reading what we were just talking about with Luca, I think he's reading low man and my low man responsibilities. And I think with Luca, he's not worried about his man. I think he's handling the big in the coverage, but that third defender, 
He's just waiting for that guy. And that's Interesting. the decision that he makes. And that's why you'll see a lot, a lot of times he'll jump in the air or he'll look one way, that guy will go, and then he'll snap that pass to the other way. So he's just getting letting that guy, you know, kind of uh get moving. LeBron is also like that too. LeBron was phenomenal at you know reading the shift of your body weight. Scout, you said it a couple times now. Here we KD go. is the best player in the game. We got it. We we have to talk about who's the best in the game. Scal watches the game. Scal, no, I'm watching every game. And I I I I want to hear Scal because this is what we do, right? Scal, this is what we do. Who's the best player in the game and why? So it's KD because he can score, defend, and uh and he can get any shot he wants at any time. I know you're going to say Giannis. I know you're going to say Giannis. How do you know I'm going to say Giannis? I haven't even said Giannis yet. He must, he I know, must be a regular I know, I know listener. How, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. I think it's KD. No, go, no, go tell me. I want to hear. I want to hear because, Scout, you, you, you know the game. Like, this isn't like, you know, you know the game. I respect what you're saying. And you watch these guys. You cover these guys. But tell me why KD. I think KD is incredible. Like, KD is one of those players. You know what they always say? New school. KD can play in any era, and he would be yeah. – Literally KD. But I want to hear from you. You played it, you coached it, now you're broadcasting. Just tell me why. Like, why is he so effective as a player? Un- unstoppable one-on-one. Makes Agreed. people around him better because of it. Like, Agreed. doesn't force the issue. Um, def- uh, he doesn't get enough credit defensively, but he guards. Guards at a high level. He's long. Agreed. Agreed. Um, no, it could be a better rebounder, but I'm not. I'm not really sweating on that. I mean, I, obviously, he's not crashing offense rebounds, but he, you know, defensive boards. Um, I, I think, uh, yeah. I mean, late in games, he's not afraid. He saw that play against the Knicks, had it, gave it up, got it back, went baseline, trip, gave it up, relocated to three, stuck to three, like not tired, like it's great shape, plays big minutes. Yeah, it's a sink. Work, you know, like legendary work habits with the, you know, this legendary 35 minutes after practice, what he does, and like goes 100% on every every rep, loves it, studies it, like all that stuff comes into play, recognizes the greatness of the past and, you know, like the, the, the players coming up right now. So, you know, it has that edge. I, I think he had, like, those, those are all qualities that I would want you know, I don't think he's into that Instagram burner account stuff anymore. Like mm-hmm. he's beyond all that. So maturity wise, like he thinks of himself as an elite champion, like, you know, those things. So I think that that's, you know, my opinion, that's, that's what I would, if I was going after a player, that'd be like the player I would go after. First, I want to say this about Kevin. We're just speaking technically. Kevin Durant is an incredible, incredible player because he's the first player scout that I saw who was open on the offensive end every time he caught the ball like when he catches the ball below the free throw line or below at the free throw line or below he's already open he doesn't have to make a move because he can just catch it and shoot it he shoots under duress because he can I feel and I don't know what it's like to be seven foot but he can always see the basket you and I could not always see the basket yeah. Every time he catches the ball, he's unstoppable. He's unguardable. Like, like, how do you guard that? He catches the ball. You're up on him. He can just turn around and shoot. And that's like the only other player I knew 
like that. And I would hear George Gervin talk about that. Like I was six, seven playing the two guard. He never worried about anyone blocking his shot. Okay. I think he's an incredible, he is a, he is like, a, he's a weapon in the NBA that you just have to say, like, what can you do? Like, how do you match it with this guy? Is he a three or four? You can't put a big guy on him. You can't put a small guy on him. He can shoot over the double team and he's wiry strong. He's stronger than you think mm-hmm. because he can, he can get down there and he's not afraid. You know, I, I love that little incident he had with Joel Embiid. You got to love him. Yeah. But this guy, Giannis, I find very, very interesting. Because one, he's playing and he's an unfinished product. When I mean he's unfinished, he has room to improve. And every 100%. 100%. Okay. And what the thing that I really find interesting about him is he, he, he knows how to dictate the tempo of the game. He doesn't always have to score to dictate how the game is going to be played because when he rebounds, because he rebounds it and pushes it out, that's a problem. Because there's no defense in the world. What that, that was what I learned from Scottie Pippen and Magic Johnson, right? You didn't play against Magic. When you're 6'8", six, 6'9", six, dribbling the ball down the court like Scottie and those guys, you're dictating the tempo because you're covering ground that us little guys couldn't cover. Giannis will one dribble from half court. He's already at the basket. Scotty was two dribbles. Giannis can dictate. And that is a real, real problem because you got to figure out how to guard him. Not, not, not stop him. You got to just figure out how to like contain him. And then his ability to rim protect and what he does as a defensive player. I think this guy, it's when you put another all defensive player around him, another big, like if he played with, if he played with Kawhi Leonard, I don't. I think it would be impossible to score. If he played with Kevin Durant or Joel Embiid or someone at that level, Scout, I don't think you could score on him just because of his ability. And when he gets a consistent jump shot, Scout, I don't even care if he gets out to three. If he just gets a consistent jump shot, I think it's going to be impossible to beat him. That's why I think he's the most impactful player. Kevin Durant is the most skilled without question but the most impactful player with impacting the game in every phase of the game this guy can impact the game in ways that he he doesn't have to just get touches he can offensive rebound he can defensive rebound he can switch he can rim protect he can play fast he can play slow you have to double team him and he has those big hands, Scal. As you know, I love those big hands. Yeah. He can take 100%. on the, he can take on the double team. And when you see guys can take on the double team with one hand, it gives you an unfair advantage. Yeah. Something I mean, I get just, all that, but yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, and, he he, like, he doesn't have a go-to shot. But he no. doesn't have a go, but he has a but it's like Scal, yeah. it's like it's like the he keeps pushing the envelope for 48 minutes like scout that's a lot of pressure he because you can't you can't how do you game plan for someone who's going to play a full 48 minutes in every phase of the game i mean you really can't and no i i don't i understand if he had like i never understood why like you know that he's a worker right and oh I, man he's, a, he's 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 unbelievable yeah and I, I hate, having these debates is tough because it's like it feels like you're putting one guy down and you're yeah yeah that's what I'm saying up. I'm not putting listen no nah. mm. yeah but I just 
I feel like you have to have, you have to have, I feel like, and you know, what's really interesting. LeBron is, you know, considered for a long time, the best player in the world, but right. he also doesn't have like a go-to shot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, mm-hmm. I always feel like if a game is close and, and you, you need to go to something, you need to like, if the game is close and you're playing Kevin Durant one-on-one, I don't care. You're going to, he's going to make a shot. I, I, you need I a guy to make a shot. I agree. I agree but, with that. I agree with that. I no doubt about it. With that, no doubt about it. Yeah, no doubt about that. There, there's not a guy in the NBA that you would say that you would want the ball in his hands at the end of the game more than KD. Maybe Luca. Maybe, maybe Luca, but maybe not. Like he's KD is like any he shot he be. wants. Any, any, any. He's gonna get you a good look, inside, outside, turn the corner, pull up, step back. Mm-hmm. Post. How fun know, would like, it be? How fun would it be, Scal, to see KD versus Larry Bird in their primes? You know, I always tell <laughs> your story. I always tell your story of Larry Bird to, to people all the time, and people how they hear about you checking in the game, and Larry said they let junior high kids in the NBA, and Jordan came up. No one said a word to Larry. <laughs> Us. I don't, People I don't, don't get I don't, it, man. Uh, I I got a buddy. We we talk about this all the time. If you had to, if you had to rank, you you had to use like a three year span. Like you got to take the prime three years. Right. Like Larry Bird is top five player. No, oh no no question no, no question no yeah that, that's that's not even a that's not even a debate with me. Yeah. Prime Larry Bird <laughs> is not even a debate. That's not, <laughs> not like. If you don't say that, Scal, I can't even like prime yeah. Larry Bird. Yeah. You like, take the injuries out. Oh, yeah, take, yeah, yeah, yeah. You take no, the no, longevity was, out. Yeah, oh. Like take just if you're just prime, just you're in his prime, man. Yeah. <laughs> do you take do you take so you nasty. take prime bird over over any three years of Kevin Durant's career? Yeah. I know a lot of people like use Kevin Durant as a benchmark. Like, oh, you only you have to look at it like this. Like Prime Larry was so much better than everybody else. Like yeah. Prime Durant, like you can make an argument that LeBron was better than Durant. Prime LeBron, uh, Prime LeBron yeah. was better than at the time. You know, there's no those three years he won MVP. <laughs> he was so much better than everybody yeah. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I just want to go back to what you said about you know KD and why you think he's the best player in the world. And you said if you if you have any player in the NBA to take a shot at the end of the game, you'd want Kevin Durant taking it. If you could have any player to try and get you a stop at the end of the game, if you know Kevin Durant's gonna take a shot or any player in the NBA is gonna take a shot, and you had to pick someone to guard that possession, would you pick Giannis or who who would be your selection for that? Oh my God! Probably Kawhi, probably Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, if he, if he's playing, I don't know if I pick Giannis. I don't know if I pick Giannis because Kawhi, Kawhi is a man. Like the NBA, the NBA is loaded with athletes, like good, yeah. strong guys, whatever. Yeah. Right? You Kawhi is long. He got massive hands. Right? 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 He he when he puts his hand on you. You're you're feeling that like you're like KD if he had the ball and he was getting into that you know you you know he gets to gets to skipping right 
And Kawhi put his hand out on him, and that skipped my stop right in his tracks. I, I think I would prime – I think I would take, you know, obviously healthy Kawhi Leonard right. to get a stop against any player. He's – I don't think – I don't think people understand how strong he is. How, yeah, he's he is never, gravity, right? never off balance. Yeah, that's, that is true. That is true. Because he's so low to the ground. Like he's yeah. low to the ground or something. Yeah, and his hands, and his, and he plays his his legs, his legs and his hands. They move independently. You know how people <laughs> slide, they slide, 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 slide. He like his hands are right there, ready, and his legs are moving, and it's almost like he's like disconnected. Jimmy Butler is also like that. He's just yeah. not as big and long, mm-hmm. but Jimmy Butler's legs move independently to his upper body, so he mm-hmm. could. You know, like some guys just can't do that. Like I can't right. do that. I don't do that, right? Like some guys, they can move that way. Kawhi Leonard, you add the length and the strength and the hands and everything. You add all that. Uh, he, I'd take him over anybody to get a stop for sure. Man, I, I just, I just think it's such a shame that we've missed so many years of Kawhi Leonard because of injuries. And I think Clippers going to be yeah. real, right. real scary coming back next year with Kawhi and Paul George. There was rumors about them coming back before the playoffs. So I, I don't think they were true. Um, but, but Scout, you know, we were, back before we, we got sidetracked by this Giannis and KD debate, etc. you're breaking down the Western Conference. You said Phoenix couldn't go supernova to the level where you think all championships teams do. So are you saying whoever wins the East is going to be your pick? Because with Steph Curry out injured now, is he going to return in time for the playoffs? I don't know. I'm assuming that Phoenix is through the West, but who's your pick to win it all this season? The thing about the Warriors can't win it all. Like the East could end up beating each other up. Like to me, the Warriors went healthy are the most complete team offensively and defensively. So um, I think the Bucks would beat them, I think. Um, I, don't, I actually don't think Brooklyn would beat them, personally, if, if it is the Warriors. But here's like that supernova level. Like you saw Milwaukee last year, they went supernova, and the Suns didn't play bad. They didn't play bad. They just, like, Giannis, Giannis gets that steal, and they throw it up. He dunk. It's like – Chris Paul couldn't have done anything for you know, better than that, right? So it's like, no, I just think the Bucs have a, a higher level to go to. Chris, uh, Drew Holiday, like Chris Paul is really good defensively. Drew Holiday is a higher level hawking the ball. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. But the Warriors, they're different, man. Like Draymond, Draymond's a yeah. tough matchup for a lot of people. He's just yeah. so smart, man. I, I, when, I was, when I was coaching the Warriors – I couldn't believe it, man. Like his reading of the gather in the NBA. I, and I, I was with Kevin Garnett who won defensive player of the year and he's on top of it. Draymond moves first. Like when you're doing a shell drill, if you could slow down, like, you know, the Apple iPhone, it has slow motion video. If you vote slow motion, everything Draymond would move and everyone else would move and the ball would be passed. Draymond would be on the run. He could be down the floor. The ball starts to get past. He's on the K. He's different, man, and he can move his feet. He can guard on the ball. He can guard off the ball. Like he's as he's as complete as he gets defensively. His his mind is super high powered, right? His and offensively the same way. So Warriors healthy, I, I think they're tough, man. But they have, with to them. Be, they have to be they have to be spot on healthy. 
Did you watch the game when when the Warriors played Phoenix? I think it was on Christmas. Yeah. They put Draymond on Chris Paul. Yeah. And he picked it's, him up full court. I know. It's amazing, man. He's amazing. I, yeah. I, I feel like have... I'm like a Draymond apologist because I don't think people recognize how yeah. good he is, man. Yeah, I agree with He that. is so good, man. Yeah. He, he thinks good. the game at such a high – it's not like – there's basketball IQ, right? That's one thing. And then there's like microprocessing, right? Like his <laughs> microprocessor is elite, man. I mean, <laughs> talk about Luca checking people out. He's catching the ball with his back to everybody. On the run, goes, elevates, face the law, bam. Clay Thompson wide open in the corner. Wiggins wide open. Like his, his brain, Jokic is like that too. Like Jokic is like that, just not as complete of a defensive player, but Jokic can check off really fast. But man, like Draymond. Is, Draymond is elite. Scott, what do you think of this kid, Jokic? Oh, I love him, dude. I watch him all day, man. <laughs> he embarrasses the NBA, dude. <laughs> the only problem is he can't score at a high enough clip for me. Like, what? I don't – not not like in, – in the you know their net rating in the fourth quarter is really bad. And even with him on the floor, it's like he's – they're they're on court. He's like a plus net. I think he's like 18 now. When he's on the floor, they're 18 points better. When he's off the floor, they're like minus 10 points. That's a 30-point or like almost a 30-point swing, right? right? But in the fourth quarter, it's not the same. Like he's not – he doesn't like – it's not the same. I think they need like a Jamal Murray or something like that. Or like their guys – the guys who they fit around that team, they're not necessarily maybe built for that. Like maybe when they get Jamal Murray back or – I'm not a big Michael Porter Jr. fan, but mm-hmm. I, I do think those guys would get wide open shot like – Dude, if Jokic was on the, the Warriors, oh, my God. Hidden yeah, step yeah. Curry and all, it'd be unstoppable. Right. Do you think how, – how much do you think that goes into him being kind of a little bit out of shape, the same way they used to say it about Luka? Dude, white guys are ever going to look like like all cut up and stuff like that. It's just not how they really roll. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like – it's just not how we roll. We get we get all red and shit in the face when we start running. Like, like BJ looks like a million bucks when he's out there, man. Like, white dudes aren't gonna look the same way. Like, Luca is like legitimately out of shape. Jokic's not out of shape, man. Like, he, he just, just looks. Just understand. There's something called, but there's some brothers that have whack bodies too. Now, there's not. But no, man. It's just like, and and by the way, to me, to me, in shape means playing. Jokic right. doesn't miss games, dude. He no, plays. He yeah, 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 right. he, yeah. He plays all the minutes. He so carries like, that team. I got all kinds of dudes who, you know, like, uh, you know, all these guys cut up, missing games all the time. Sore, sore foot, sore this. Luca, I mean, um, Luca and and Jokic, both those guys, they they play. You know, so I don't think it's an out of shape thing with the fourth quarter. I just think, like, when you're you, so like some of the shots that they get throughout the game, the flow of the game. It's not going to be like that in the fourth quarter. That's why they need Jamal Murray to have the ball in his hand and create. But no, nah, man, I don't, it, it, the guy's in shape. He's just not going to, he ain't ever going to have a six pack. Like, it ain't no, uh, <laughs> no he, he was saying in an interview the other day, his favorite thing in the world is ice cream. I, I respect him, man. Um, I just want to go back <laughs> to, to Draymond real quick. Dre came out recently and he said, even though he missed so much time with injuries, he still feels like he's the defensive player of the year because no one else has been able to assert themselves as a leader in that race. Who is your pick 
for Defensive Player of the Year because I always say at the start of every season, every year BJ and I do the show, I always say I'm picking Marcus Smart to win, and he'll never win it because guards don't win the award. But it's my tradition every season I pick because for me he's he's a guard who can guard one through five. No one wants, like you said earlier, they move the ball away from him when other teams are attacking him. But who's your pick for Defensive Player of the Year this year? To me, it's 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 up and listen. People aren't going to vote these guys, but it's Mikael Bridges and mm-hmm. and Jaron Jackson Jr. Those are the two guys that that I pick. Mark, it's fine, like. Marcus and Rob, you mentioned those guys. Yeah. The one, a big stat in defensive player of the year, then the reason why Draymond and Rudy Gobert are always in it is because you have to look at on court and off court, right? When Rudy Gobert is on court, they're like net rating 20 better than when he's off the court, you know? So yeah, you can, you can like understand the impact. And I think the same thing with MVP. Jock can't win MVP because he, when he's out, they're like, I think they're 13 and three or something like that with, with jaws out. Right. So it's like you're MVP, but and you put up MVP numbers, but your team does fine. With, you know, it's not, they don't need, like, I'm not saying they don't need you for the regular season, but you have to kind of look at that. Um, but I like, I like Mikel Bridges. I think he guards right. everybody. Um, I think he guards the best opponent. And sometimes it's Luca and sometimes it's KD and sometimes it's a guard point guard. Sometimes it's jaw. So I give him a lot of credit. Um, and Jaron Jackson Jr. has done a really good job this year with Memphis, yeah, right? Is. So I think to me, it's those two guys, and they play. I wish the NBA would stamp um, uh, minimums on all the awards. I, I think to me, my, yeah. my minimum would be like sixty-eight games. You can't be missing twenty-five games, a yeah. quarter of the season, the, third of the season, still win the win any awards. So this, the scoring I wish title. The NBA, sorry, the scoring title has a seventy percent. So it's 58 games out of the 82. You have to play 70% to be the NBA's leading scorer for the season. So Kyrie Irving could average more points than anyone, but he wouldn't be eligible to be known as the league's leading scorer. Yeah. Another thing with, with the rebound champ, the assist and scoring, I would prefer the NBA switch to totals yes. versus averages. Because I think I think that guys would end up playing like more games, like 20 minutes. Yeah. Like I think they'll. they'll well, yeah, I think guys will say, you know what, today's a rest day for me, but instead I'm going to play 20 minutes. I'm going to play the second half, you know. I, I think I think if the NBA switched to totals, I'd prefer that more than just like averages, right? Because you're right, it can be manipulated a little bit. So the defensive player of the year is hard. I think everything I think everything else is like kind of – I think Embiid wins the MVP. Tyler Hero wins six man. Uh, I think Muddy Williams was coach of the year. Uh, but I think defensive player year is up for grabs, really. And you'll see, there'll be a lot of politicking for votes and stuff like that. But I like Bridges and 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 Jared Jackson Jr. Scott, I want to bring this back to where we started right before we pushed the play button here and started recording. You said you guys have the last dance <laughs> with Chicago. <laughs> All right. I want, I want, this is a league now of entertainment now. We've talked about all the basketball. Yeah. It was so funny. I want to end this today. The Bulls, they did the last dance and you were giving me a hard time as you should. You know, now we have the Lakers now. They have Magic Johnson. Winning time. They have Showtime. Winning time. Okay. You know, you're, what, 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 Emmy? You're Emmy, what, four time Emmy? Yeah, yeah, congrats. That's, that's beautiful. So I've already anointed you the executive producer. 
when are we going to get the Celtic doc movie? What are we getting that? And when are you guys putting this together? Uh, I don't. I don't know, man. I don't. I, well, I just want to know I, who's going to play Doc Rivers. Before, before, I want that voice. Before, before, let me just jump in real quick. One thing that they did that was really cool. It was the season where uh, Shaq was on the roster for the Celtics with Nate Robinson. They did a show yeah. called The Association. And so they had a camera crew yeah, that was good. The team around. And I thought, I don't know why they stopped doing that because they did one for the Lakers with Kobe. They did one for the Celtics. That was my favorite show. I was I watched every episode about 100 times. But sorry, I, I, just, I hope someone from NBA is listening and they start doing that again because that was my favorite show ever. But go ahead, sorry. That's because the NBA... They want to put out a product of like, like kumbaya roasting marshmallows and stuff like that. They ain't they ain't trying to put out like every time the last dance comes out and it's you know like the showtime thing. It's all like drama, right? Which is yeah, probably right, right. more realistic. NBA doesn't want that stuff out there, like all that <laughs> stuff. That I don't think the, the league likes that. So I think that the um, what is it called against? What's the uh, the one on, on Prime. Like, I watched the one for uh, Against Man All City. Odds. Against All Odds. Those are really good. I like those Yeah, Tottenham have one as well. Uh, but those are all, like, like Pep, Pep is, like, when I watched the one for Man City, uh, Pep uh, Guardiola, right? Yeah, like, he's, like, right. the star of the show, right? And they show the other guys and stuff. That's a, that's pretty, they, they did that pretty good. But but the NBA, they don't want – they don't they don't want the these, no NBA players are messed up, man. Yeah. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> <laughs> hey Scout, hey Scout, that's another hour. What do you mean? Yeah, they're, 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 they're messed up, Scout, Scout. They're messed it's, up. It's, it's messed up from a from a real young age. Like I just had a meeting uh, with an AAU dude in Massachusetts, like right. you know, like top level. Like this, this guy runs the best team in Massachusetts, dude. Like I, I coach. 14, no, 14, 15 year old girls, and they're great. I don't have to, I don't have to kick them off any cash. <laughs> I, I don't have to, I don't have to do that. My parents, I, I, I like your kid's not good enough. She's just not in good enough shape, you know. Like, if, when, when, what about my kid playing more? Well, when she gets in shape, then we'll have a conversation. I can't even tell you what she's not good at yet, you know, like right. it's all real conversations, right? But like the world of basketball. The, the real, real, real world of basketball is not what, like, not the association and what the NBA was. Like, come on, man, this thing is messed up. Stop! But it's, stop. It's, it's great. But it's there's a lot. Come on, man. No, but I think I think the on. reason why people like it is is because even if it's not exactly what's happening, is a peek behind the curtain, just a little bit of what's happening. Uh, what. Kendrick Perkins has traded. What's the team's reaction? Everyone's because otherwise you don't see that. Even with social media and stuff like that, you don't really see yeah. the true reactions of okay. There's there was a camera in the locker room as soon as the team found out that that Perk had been traded to uh, OKC, and it's like you don't otherwise you don't see that kind of stuff. And I think that's why the last dance as well. Everyone got to see the things that they don't usually get to see. So even though it's not, they can't show everything of what goes on because they wouldn't be able to do that. And it's not 100% accurate to what goes on. I think fans still love and media and everyone eats up just that behind the scenes kind of feel, that kind of access to the stuff that goes on that you don't get to see in the main broadcast. Yeah. The last dance was a little bit of a Michael Jordan promotional video. So <laughs> <have to> <laughs> hey, 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 Scout. It's entertainment. Hey. <laughs> it's all entertainment. I watched that hey, hey, twice. I just want yeah. to be entertained. Yep. 
Yep. I just want to be inter- hey, I just want to be entertained. Well, Scal, my man, hey, it's hold been on, beautiful. How'd you feel when Michael Jordan had that baseball bat in the locker room? <laughs> Scal, do you really want to know? Uh, it's unbelievable. Scal, man. All, all I can really think is Scal when I saw that, right? Okay. So I'll just tell you that, right? Just you and I talking. Because so, it's just me and you. Yeah, just <laughs> like you old times. Like old times, right? Just you and I, we're going to close the door behind us, right? The camera just happened to be going. So doing that game like i really like you know how you know something but you got to have a level of talent to do it you know what i mean it's like one thing you know like scal like you know everyone's like oh man this guy's unbelievable work well scal worked just as hard bj worked just as hard but you know some of these guys are just so incredibly gifted hard work doesn't really matter but you can't say that right you can't really say that okay but as you know scal when you are a competitor there's some people who play hard, and there are some people who like to compete. You were one of those people you love to compete. If I, if you and I were playing any game, Scout's gonna be like, okay, let's run it back. Yeah, that's, yeah, I love that's how you. I, that, that's yeah. not, nothing that's, better than Scout beating up random dudes who thought that it, they could take him on in, in games of yeah, one. That's, that's one of my. I said to be yesterday. That's one of my favorite moments I've ever seen from a retired NBA player. That needs to happen more, and I think okay, that needs to happen more. Full stop. But sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, no. So. The competition part of it is like really why you play. And the thing that I love Scal more than anything was to compete. Like, you know, like, look, what can you do against Jordan? Those guys, like those guys are just like, they're incredible. But Scal, there are moments where you have your moment. And at any given moment, Scal, as you know, anyone could be beat. For sure. At any given moment, Scal, like at any given moment. And the thing that I knew was I knew how to beat him. Like I was, I, I, my first year was Phil Jackson's first year. It wasn't like they knew something more that I didn't knew that didn't know. And at any given moment, I knew that, you know, you could get a game, maybe a game will turn to two. You know how it is. Yeah. But if every, if they make the adjustment, there's no adjustment I could do. So I knew what to do. And for that one game, Scal, that was your day. That was my day, Scout. Yeah. It's like it's, Scout. I, I, it's I, like in practice, I, right? Being on the second unit, right? Because you and I were, you know, yeah, we just started some, came Scout. At any given moment, you could beat the first unit. Oh, on any given day, and, day. And, and Scout, and, 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 it was until, your job to you let them know the, until you piss off the first unit. Until you piss them off. Okay. Yeah. And that's what I felt like. Scout. Yeah. I felt like, oh, you guys just think you can just come in here and whatever. Oh, well, we're just gonna come in, we'll just and what I love more than anything is he knew that he had to do what he had to do. It wasn't like, oh, that was just Scal or BJ had. It. No, he was like, I better nip this in the bud. Yeah. Scal, 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 Scal. He was like, I better nip this in the bud. <laughs> and, 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 and then you know what? And you know what? It was really funny though, Scal. Really, just you and I talking. As soon as that episode came out, like it had the credits hadn't rolled, he called right, and he just started laughing, and we had the <laughs> biggest laugh. Scout, scout, I mean scout, we were crying laughing because that's what the game is all about. Like, oh yeah, show up and play, and that's all I wanted. But don't think you can just waltz in here and just like have cookies and ice cream and for sure. 
And that was the funniest thing. And our, he just said, man, you're funny. He's like, man, yeah. you, you you make, and we just laughed and it was good. And, and that's all you want. You're like, okay, like, yeah, he's who he is, but you know what, Scal? Yeah. You better come with your A game though. hundred percent, hundred percent. I always, you always, this is the greatest line. This is the greatest line in the NBA star as a role player that you can get. You, it's not, it's not, you know, like all these other trash talker. It's, right. not, it's none of that stuff. It's all right, motherfucker. I got something for your ass. <laughs> and if you hear that as a role player, you won. <laughs> 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 you fucking made it at that point. <laughs> all right, motherfucker. I got some for your ass. Your ass. You're like, hey, scout. All the it. way, baby. All it. the way. Hey, I, man, that's I, it, man. I, I can see how you guys spend five, six hours at time talking basketball. Oh, I, I wish we could continue forever. I know you guys got things to do, places to be. Scout, I want to thank you for coming through. We got to do this again. It would be an honor if you could come back on the show at some point. Um, because no, Scout, don't come back. Day, I got something for your ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's exactly it. If you ain't come back, all right, motherfucker, I got something for your ass. That's a lie. Man, I appreciate you. I appreciate you both. All right, Scout, be good. Take, take, good luck. Time. Good luck for the rest of the season. Great job once it. again on the KG Retirement Ceremony. And appreciate everyone who tuned in. Listen, make sure you subscribe. And hopefully Scout will come back for a part two. For the part two. And until next time, get buckets.